What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly, and today's a takeaways episode. And if you hear what a takeaways episode is, is where I sit down and I talk to you about the most recent podcast episode of the week. I just sit down and do this in one take, and today we're going to talk about my conversation with Carla Gregg, aka What Would Carla Say? And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the full episode, Carla is a solopreneur. She has her own business where she consults on different social media things, some social strategies. She also does a lot of YouTube consulting. And she herself is a personal development vlogger. And she's worked for some huge YouTubers like Strawberry17. She worked as an intern for Clever Media. And the biggest one she's worked for is Joey Graceffa. She was his assistant, I believe. And yeah, she worked for Joey Graceffa, who now has over 9 million YouTube subscribers. And it was really interesting to talk to her about all her different experiences. She also spent some time with America's Got Talent and American Ninja Warrior. But the first thing that I kind of want to talk about for my conversation with Carla, and I have four points written down here. The first one is to keep it simple. This is something that Carla talked about, like, because she, when she did her daily vlog, I was like, how are you able to do a new vlog every single day? How did that work? And she said that the biggest thing for her was just keeping it simple. She knew exactly what she wanted to talk about with her vlogs. She would get right to the point. And she wouldn't really worry about doing fancy B-roll or different things like that. It was literally, okay, this is what I want to talk about. This is me talking about my vlog. Okay, boom, done, on to the next one. She just kept it simple. And that's something she says that she wishes that she could get back to. Because now she kind of overcomplicates everything when she does her videos. And they're not as simple as they used to be. And I feel like we do that a lot. I feel like as a whole, I say we, like just you and I, the listener, and everybody listening to this kind of as a whole, we overcomplicate things. We try to make it fancier than it needs to be. Like we don't keep it simple. We make it extremely fancy. We try to do that fancy B-roll in our video. We try to do all these different things. And then we overcomplicate it and we're trying to get it perfect. And I've been in that situation where you're working on a YouTube video or something and you're just staring at this video. You've been editing it for hours now and it's not perfect. And there's little things that you're trying to make better to try and get that perfect YouTube video. And you just can't get it to be perfect. And we just that's something that I, I've made an effort to kind of move away from. I feel like we stare at things, we try to make them perfect, but the little things like those one, 1% things that we're trying to change to make it a perfect video, 99.9% of people that will watch your video or listen to your podcast or whatever it is, won't even notice that thing that you're working so hard to change to make the quote unquote perfect video. One thing that I've really kind of lived, started, I've really like a lesson that I've lived by is perfect or sorry, what is it? Don't go for perfect, go for good enough. Because we could spend hours and hours trying to make the perfect video. But like I said, people at the end of the day probably won't even realize the little things that you've done to try and make it perfect. They won't notice that at the 33rd second of your B-roll clip that the music is half a second off and then you go to change it and that sets off the timing for the rest of your video. That's just a really bad example. But all these little things that you try to do that are going to stress you out, just move on. Because once you do that one, you can start trying to make the next one perfect. But don't make it perfect is the point I'm actually saying here. Good enough is perfect. Perfect is not perfect. Good enough is perfect. And like that's just my approach that I've kind of taken to the podcast. I remember when I first started, like I was trying to make it, I tried to make it perfect. I used to spend, I, I throw these numbers around all the time, like 10 hours on the audio, 15 hours on the video, trying to get the video to line up to the audio. And then I'd cut up the social content. I'd spend probably 10 hours subtitling all my clips and all this. And I've really kind of trimmed the fat on my process. Like I even, just another example, my dog, when my dog would bark in my old podcast, I thought I would have a heart attack. 
Like it literally would cause like it would throw me off as an interviewer. Like it would just rattle me. And I've since learned that, you know what? Things are going to happen. You're not always going to get perfect sounding audio. And that's okay. Like my dog barked in the last podcast that I did with Little Miss Ottawa. He barked a couple times, especially at the end. He started like more barking than he's ever done in a podcast before. And I just, I rolled with it. Like at the end of the day, you can't control your surroundings. I don't know how many times there've been police or fire or sirens that have come into the podcast because I live on a relatively busy street downtown. So there's sirens always going and people honking and like those things I can't really control. So I don't worry too much about them. I just keep it really simple with the podcast. I try not to stress myself out with it. And I just get to a point where it's good enough. Because at the end of the day, like a honk of a car at the 28th minute in a one hour podcast, there's no need to be stressing out. It just causes me stress. People, whatever, at the end of the day, don't care. Like my good friend Hayden said this example to me, like there's a podcast he really likes. And he says, it sounds like that they interview some people on a Skype over Skype with one bar of Wi-Fi and I'll still listen to it the same amount of time as I would if it was someone in studio. So at the end of the day, like audio quality is important to an extent and I try to get it to a point where it's good enough in a relatively, in a decent, a fair amount of time. I don't want to spend hours on it. I think I probably spend 10 minutes, if that, just editing the quality of my audio now because I get to a point where it's good enough, it's fast and I can move on to the next thing. I'm busy, you're busy. I don't, like you understand, being busy is like, I'm sure. So I don't try to spend all this time editing my podcast and really just kind of pulling my hair out. So I do it in a way that's fast and good enough. And I advise you to do the same thing with whatever type of content you are making. I could stress out for hours about this podcast and trying to get the perfect audio. But at the end of the day, no one will notice. Like there's times like literally like I say this, but there's still been times where I'm editing the audio and I'll be like closing on the half hour mark. And when I get to that point, I'm like, okay, well, I need to kind of wrap this up because 30 minutes is kind of my max for editing the audio. And I'll call my girlfriend over and I'll play the thing. I'll be like, is it badly? Can you hear that, that noise? And she'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That sounds like perfectly fine. And so like I, you get in your own head and you think like there's like the smallest little like hum in the background that only I can hear because I've been listening to it for so long that the average person won't even pick up on because it's so subtle, but I pick up on it and I'm trying to make it perfect. So that whole rant to kind of advise you, don't worry about making it perfect. Good enough is perfect. Perfect is not perfect. And speaking of all the content that you're making, with me, like for the podcast, I think I put out probably somewhere between 10 to 16 Instagram posts a week for the podcast. And I put out, this is podcast number 52. Well, this is takeaways number like 42 or something like that. Anyways, but the podcast interview number 52. And the thing is, is you never know what piece of content that you make is going to pop off. In Carla's case, I asked her about her two most viewed videos on YouTube, one with over 450,000 views, one with over 200,000 views. And she said like, she said this to me and I kind of like, a light bulb kind of went off in my head when she said it. I didn't really acknowledge it at the time in the podcast, but she says like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't even want to put out either of those videos. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? Like, could you imagine if she'd never put out those videos? Now that I say that, are you thinking of a video or something that you didn't put out because you didn't really like it and you didn't think it was going to go well? We like, we never, you can't really know what is going to pop off. You can't, like you can kind of guess and think, but you really We'll never, you can never actually know for certain what's going to pop off for the most part. Like, so with that, like, even if you make a video that you think is bad, I always also say like, back to the thing where I go, uh, perfect isn't perfect, good enough is perfect. Another thing that I kind of live by is like, even if it's bad, put it out. Because you know what that means? If you put out a bad piece of content, that just means the next one that you make is going to be better than the last one. And I feel like people are so worried about putting out bad pieces of content 
when there is no bad pieces of content. We've all started at one point. We've all made bad videos. I get it. But Carla thought that one of her videos was bad and now it's one of her most viewed videos of all time. Like that's crazy, right? So I encourage you to put out that content because you never know what's going to capture people's attention, what's going to pop off. And like just using this podcast as an example, some of my top 10 episodes really, really kind of popped off and I was not expecting them to do as well as they did. And kind of on the flip side of that, actually, some of the podcasts I thought that were going to be really good, we're going to make it in my top 10 for sure, never did. So one thing, you never know what's going to pop off. So constantly keep creating because all it takes is for one post to go, go really viral and go do well for your life to change. Really, if you think about it, um, even like in Carla's case, like I'm sure her life didn't change dramatically, but it's a lot, it's a little bit different now that she's got a couple hundred thousand views on multiple videos. But the reverse side of that is you never like, you can't necessarily have the expectation that what you're going to do is going to do well. Like you can have some expectation when you put out a podcast, like for example, like I put an episode, I thought this was going to for sure be, I had the expectation. So you can have the expectation. I don't want to say that, but so I put out a podcast with the expectation that it was going to be one of my top 10 episodes of all time. No problem. This was also 20 episodes ago ish approximately. So you maybe potentially figure out which one I'm talking about. Probably not, but this is a while ago. And I was like, okay, there's not as many episodes there. Like I could probably, this was most more than likely going to be one of my top 10 videos. And it wasn't. So the lesson there is one, you don't know what's going to pop off. And two, if you have the expectation that something is going to do well and it doesn't, you can't let that drag you down because at the end of the day, you don't know what will actually work. We can think we know, but we really don't. So you really need to just keep putting out content, constantly putting out content because eventually one of them will take off and you'll never know which one it's going to be until it happens. And with that in mind too, another important lesson, and this isn't something from the episode with Carla, but just a lesson I've learned from doing the podcast is you want, once you got to keep putting out content because one will eventually pop off. And then when that episode eventually does, that video does pop off, that podcast does pop off, you're going to need content for them to go back and watch. So even if an episode doesn't do well, maybe it will start to do well once you have a video pop off in the future. So just keep making content. Even if you think it's bad, put it out there. Now, we're going to kind of transition from that over to a bit. This that was Carla's personal story. And this is still Carla's story, but I want to talk about kind of YouTubers now, not necessarily just some ideation on some high level content things, but the side of YouTube that we don't normally see. I feel like people think YouTube is like a dream job. And believe me, like I'm one of those people, like, I get it. I think the most desired, one of the most desired professions in North America is influencer slash YouTuber, which is absolutely crazy. Cause I remember growing up, like that wasn't a thing. Like an it started to happen kind of as I grew up, went through middle school and high school. But like as a kid, that was not really a thing. So now that it's just one of the most desired professions in North America, at least is crazy. But I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily understand the amount of work that goes into being a YouTuber. It takes a lot of work. And I feel like people don't think it is. I feel like people think oh, so you're just making videos. Like how hard can that be? Like that'd be awesome just to make videos. But Carla kind of talked about like how people will spend 14, 16 hour days on YouTube. You're putting long hours in. you're spending a lot of money on your videos to try and get these views to please your audience. So you're putting long hours, or you're spending your money. And on top of that, when you're trying to bring money in, like, yes, there's AdSense and stuff. But when you're trying to collaborate with companies and do different sponsorships, you never know if they're actually going to work out. Like that's one thing that Carla talked about was how like when she worked, I think it was when she worked for Joey and Strawberry 17 and all these people that 
they would like they would be expecting money to come in from a contract and they kind of budget that into their lifestyle and then that contract falls through and you never really know and there's constant back and forth between you and the companies between your vision and the company's vision because you don't want to sell out as a youtuber and just do what the company wants and post it to get the paycheck you kind of want it to mold it into your content style which as an aside as a if you're a company if you're someone that works for a company listening to this my best advice is to you is to let that influencer that creator mold your product into their content style because that's going to play off better but as a creator, you're going back and forth with the company to try and figure out how this is going to work for both sides. And if that money doesn't come through, then well, now you're not making as much money. So you're not necessarily stable, especially when you're like, once you hit a certain scale, yes, you'll be fine. But when you're just getting into that stage, like you never know, like it's going to be flexible up and down, not going to have stable income. So it's hard. And I feel like a lot of people don't really consider how hard it actually is. They think it's pretty easy to be a YouTuber and it's not. And then on top of that, all the pressure with being a YouTuber, that's something that Carla and I never really got into and saying that now I wish this was a question I'd asked her if she'd seen kind of how Joey and Strawberry 17, Megan handled the pressure of being a YouTuber because not only is like at that time is your income probably not stable, you're also having millions of people that have a certain expectation hold you to a certain standard that you have to hit week in and week out multiple times a week, potentially, depending on how often you upload. And that's a lot of pressure. Not So now you're working a lot of hours. You're spending money, a lot of money, to try and make good content. You're not necessarily having consistent money coming in. And now you have millions of people demanding specific things from you and people causing hate and all this stuff. And that's why YouTube burnout is such a real thing. So a lot of people want to be YouTubers. And like I said, believe me, I'm one of them. I would love to be a YouTuber. But I don't think people really factor in how much or how hard it really is. One, just to get to the level and then sustaining it once you're at that level. And your life is completely changed, especially if you hit a certain scale. If you're a James Charles or Logan Paul, some of the biggest YouTubers out there, you can't go in public anymore. Like you can't have a normal experience. Like it's just, oh, I don't think people really fully, really take in the full scope of what it means to be a YouTuber. But now speaking of YouTubers, one thing that when Carla was talking about, whether it was uh, Joey Graceffa or Strawberry17, just kind of talking about them as people like, oh yeah, we did this and we did that. And like, I remember talking to Joey and like this and that. And she's talking like about them, like people, not like they were YouTubers. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes people forget that YouTubers are people. And at the end of the day, like, they're just, like I said, they're just people. And that's something I'm starting to learn with the podcast. Like, I don't really get the butterflies like, the, oh my goodness, I'm interviewing this person. They have this many followers. Like, at the end of the day, like, I people are people. I've interviewed multiple YouTubers now. Two of them are coming up, actually. And one of them is, I just, the next episode, the episode you're going to get on Monday is with YouTuber Just Dustin. And he's got over 3 million subscribers on YouTube. And I remember, like, couple of my, I was just like, yeah, I'm interviewing with this person on the weekend. And some people are like, oh, are you nervous? Like, he's got a lot of followers. Like, oh, that's a YouTuber. Like, are you like nervous? Like, are you excited? Like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm excited, of course. I'm excited to record every single podcast, but I'm not nervous. Like, I don't have that feeling when I, that people get when they're around these influencers. Just to, to me at this point, they're just people. And that's kind of the expectation I go into with every single podcast. I'm not going to come at it like a fan. I'm going to come at it like, an interview. And that's also part of me just trying to maintain the professionalism of this podcast. But I don't really view people as a YouTuber or an influencer or an Instagrammer. It's just people to me at the end of the day. And I want to talk to them about their story. And that's something I caught on, caught on with 
with uh, Carlo as well is that they're just people to her. And at the end of the day, that's all they are. And by viewing them as people and not these YouTubers and influencers, whatever it is, I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that helps me get new people on the podcast because once people talk to me, they realize I'm not talking to them because I'm not talking to them like they're a YouTuber. I'm a fan. This is so cool. And oh my goodness, I talk to them like they're a person. And so like people are recommending their friends to come on the podcast because they've interviewed me and they know I know what I'm doing and I'm not going to treat it like I'm a fan. Like I said, at the end of the day, people are people and like people come up to me now, like not come up to me. No one comes up to me because of the podcast. Let me clarify that statement. But I'll be talking to people and they'll be like, oh, could you imagine if you met Gary Vee? Like you'd lose your mind. And I think like, I want to know what that situation would be like because Gary Vee is probably the one person that could throw me off my game in terms of like viewing people as people. Like he'd probably be the one where I might get a little starstruck. Like that doesn't happen to me. That's the word I was looking for, starstruck. I don't get starstruck when I'm doing these interviews. And I probably ask some questions that if people were starstruck, they wouldn't ask, right? So Gary Vee's probably the one, the very few people that I could probably meet that make me feel starstruck. And I, but I don't even know if I would. Like I'm getting to a point now where like literally people are just people. And that's all, you, all I view them as. And that's what you should view them as. And you shouldn't forget that. Because I feel like with YouTubers, we don't necessarily view them as people anymore. We view them as YouTubers. So that was another big takeaway for me. It's just not necessarily a takeaway, but something that stood out to me that I think you should definitely take away from that podcast is that just remembering that people are just people. YouTubers are also just people. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me rant and ramble for the last almost no, almost 18 minutes now. I really appreciate you taking the time to check this out. I'd love to know what you think of my takeaways. Do you agree with them? Do you disagree with them? Did you have takeaways of your own that I didn't talk about? Send me a message. You can DM me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come chat with me any point in time, whether it be about the podcast or you have questions or you just want to say hello, send me a message. I'm always answering my DMs. You can also check us out on the on Instagram with the podcast, search up at my social life podcast or on YouTube if you search up my social life. You won't find any of the takeaways. The takeaways are an audio exclusive podcast episode, but you'll find videos and clips from all the interviews there on YouTube and Instagram. And guys, do me a favor, check out Carla on Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube. She's what would Carla say? I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes down below. But I want to thank you once again for taking the time to check this out and listen to this podcast episode. We'll talk soon.